You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Welcome to Disability After Dark, the podcast feed shining a bright light on all things disability. With your host, Andrew Gerza. Content warning. The language, content, and discussion found within this episode of Disability After Dark will be explicit. Listener discretion advised. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners. Welcome to another episode of Quarantine and Chill, a part of Disability After Dark where I sit down with disabled people and we talk about their experiences living through the pandemic as disabled people. And these are some of my favorite episodes to do. I love this series and I'm really, really proud to be able to sit down with disabled people and just have these conversations. And I got an email from somebody recently who emailed me a few weeks ago and said, I love, specifically, I tune in to every single episode of Quarantine and Chill and I want to be on the show. What do you think about that? And I was like, okay, that's cool. It was really awesome to know that people are listening to these episodes and that means a lot. So I sat down with my new friend, Jas Prasad, who is living in British Columbia, Canada, and we talk about their experiences with multiple disabilities, including things like, let me pull up the list because they had quite an extensive list of things they were dealing with. They were living with things like fibromyalgia, anxiety, depression, osteoarthritis, hip dysplasia, um, sleep apnea. We talk about all those things and how COVID has affected them. We also talk about them being in a polyamorous, long-distance relationship, navigating sex long-distance during COVID-19. We talk about a lot of stuff here. We talk about what would happen to them if they contracted COVID-19 as somebody with sleep apnea. We talk about their fears of not being able to get a ventilator. We also discuss briefly their kind of how they've shifted their work and they are a seamster and they work from home sewing stuff and their businesses have been closed since middle of March when COVID started restricting people and we talk about how that played a role in that for them and we have a really uh, important discussion and again I, I think it's important to note that I really really appreciate talking to more people who who are not within the binary and I like that jazz identifies as a queer non-binary person and I really really appreciate queer non-binary people talking to me about disability as you heard on yesterday's full episode regular episode we talked with another person who was gender non-conforming so I love having these discussions and it's really opening my, my mind up to different experiences of disability so thank you so without further ado, here's Quarantine and Chill, episode 15, right here on Disability After Dark. Jasper Saad, hello. Hello. Hi, thank you so much for coming on Quarantine and Chill, a part of Disability After Dark. How are you today? Pretty good, thank you. So nice to have you on the show. You emailed me a couple weeks back and we're like, I love what you're doing. I love the show. I want to come on. And I love getting emails like that. So it was super nice. Right on. Yeah, I was excited. I was like, oh, I wonder if he'll say yes. And you were like, of course. Of course. Well, I I just think it's really, I think when people want to talk about this stuff and want to to share their story, I I don't have, why am I going to say no? Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? I think it's, it's, it's not always easy to like, 
tell somebody your stuff and then have yeah, it broadcast yeah. to people that are listening. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I appreciate the opportunity. It's great. Awesome. Uh, and you got up super early because you're in, you're on the West coast. So you got up yeah. super early just for me to do this. So thank you. <laughs> Happy to do it, man. Happy to do it. Awesome. So can you introduce yourself and a little bit of who you are and what you do? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm Jazz Prasad. I am a seamster. That basically is like the gender neutral word for somebody who sews for a living. I tailor, I sew, mend, uh, replace zippers. I started to make my own clothes. Um, and I do that for money. So that kind of augments my, my uh, disability pension. So Nice. Yeah, um, that's what I do. And, and so you, you, you're a non-binary person, yes? Yeah. And you, um, you also have a host of disabilities that we could talk about. Can you yeah. kind of tell me what they are and how they impact your day today? Oh, for sure, yeah. So I was born with hip dysplasia. So my hips were crooked and not really in socket. And so that from birth has caused lots of falls and um, pairs of tendons and um, little fractures. And over time, um, those have become a lot more serious. Um, and re-injuries have happened lots, especially with my knees. Um, so that's turned into me being a 30, well, I'm 37 now, but me being 29 and being diagnosed with osteoarthritis. Wow. And uh, yeah, it was like a shock. I was like, wait, isn't that usually old people have that? And <laughs> the, the rheumatologist was like, yeah, you have the bones of like a 90 year old. And I said to her, are, is that your medical opinion or are you And she was like, right yes, now? it is. Yeah, she was like, yes, it is. That's my medical opinion. So, and I just sat there for 30 seconds and, and didn't say anything. And I, I just was shocked, right? And, and then she says to me, um, you know, it's okay. And I looked at her and I said, so can I take the stairs? Or should I take elevators? <laughs> and she says, you can take the stairs, but you have to be careful. To use the railings, use canes. And I, and I looked at her and I said, okay. Because in my head I'm going, because at the time I lived in Vancouver. Yeah. You know, and it's a very busy city. It's not, and there's a lot of the stairs same. all the time everywhere. Lots of stairs, yeah. And I mean, you know, Toronto is similar in that way too. And a lot of cities in, in, in Canada are. But like, I'm a, I was accustomed to trying to keep up with able people yeah. <laughs> at that time. And so I was like in shock and I'm going, okay, how do I navigate this? Um, so I went, I went uh, to physiotherapist. Oh, I should backtrack a bit. The rheumatologist is the one who diagnosed me with fibromyalgia. Okay. Yeah, because I had all the signs of that as well. And I have had chronic pain my entire life, like since I was a little kid. Like for as long as I could remember, I was in pain. Oh, wow. And like, so like, um, there have been a few days in my life when I didn't have pain. And I remember them very clearly because it was so bizarre to me. Because you were like, wow, it, today nothing hurts. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it, it was bizarre because I was like, this doesn't feel like my normal, but it was exciting because yeah. I, could, I could move around and not hurt. And, and I had more energy. And... Yeah, it was just, it was really, and at the time I was partnered too, so, and we were a sexual couple, so we had some amazing sex one of those days, because I, I was just like, oh my God, yes. So whenever, <laughs> and you know, you're not the first person with chronic pain that's come on the show and told me that like, on the days when they don't have pain, they fuck like gangbusters, because mm -hmm. it doesn't hurt. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, I'm kinky, so some pains are good, but when you're trying to have sex and things are hurting so bad that you can't do them, that's not fun. Oh, no, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I've kind of overcome some of that by um, by using, like, um, chargeable toys that do the work for me. Those are um, now those toys for me don't work usually, but I'm glad that they uh, they work for you. I've heard many people with uh, with pain say that the toys are a great option for them. Yeah, it would be nice if they didn't make my hand go numb after 15 minutes. But <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. But, you know, <laughs> we all make sacrifices to get our to to get off. Yep. Mm, totally yeah i and i've heard that you're you're designing a toy with your sister and i think that's awesome i am we are we're designing the first line of uh hands free or hands free as possible toys out there so i can't say much more because it's all hush hush but yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah we are yeah i'm excited about that i think that's awesome we're um, we're, pretty, I, we're really excited too yeah yeah so, um, yeah, so I'll, I'm just going to list off my disabilities because I've kind of backtracked and sidetracked a bit. But so I was born with hip dysplasia. Um, I have anxiety, depression, fibromyalgia, osteoarthritis, and um, a binge eating disorder. And that's pretty much the basics. That's a lot of that's a lot of basics. That's a lot <laughs> to yeah. go through. Yeah. So that's that's my disabilities. Generally speaking, day to day, um, I have to take a two hour nap in the afternoon because otherwise um my eyes turn red from tiredness and I can't really function and I get really grouchy. So naps are a day thing, daily thing. Um, well, naps are probably really great in quarantine right now then, hey? Because, I mean, there's not much else to do right now. Yeah, well, that, that definitely helps. Like, uh, keeping busy is, is part of, like, me managing my mental health, too. Yeah. Um, so not working has been difficult in the sense that I've been like, well, what can I do? So I was making masks for a while, and That's then it. my old sewing machine broke down. And so, (laughs) yeah, so uh, when I finally see my girlfriend again, she's bringing me one, so. Amazing. um, Yeah, so. You could 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 start like, you could do, you could be like a a seamster on like YouTube or something, because I see a lot of these people on YouTube right now are like, here's how to do this. You could do like a whole YouTube show about how to do um, sewing. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I, I, and I've been suggested that a few times I think it would be fun to do that at least uh maybe one video a week or something like I can manage right yeah and I think also because you're a person with disabilities um multiple disabilities to have that on the platform is would be super important I mean I know YouTube is not super friendly when it comes to the queer stuff but like Mm -hmm. you could I don't know there's opportunity for stuff you could do Absolutely. And um, there's not a lot of seamsters um, representation out there. Like, uh, unless, unless you're a male, gay male fashion designer, you really don't get any, there's, there's like no knowledge of the fact that there's a ton of men out there who make clothing for a living. Yeah. And, and, you know, they will take your pants in and out and, and replace your zippers and buttons and, you know, like make your shirt shirts fit properly. Nobody knows that. Like everybody sort of assumes that it's your grandmother. Yeah, or, your or, mother. or like it's a woman's job to do that a for you. A woman's job. Yeah, 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 totally. And so it's interesting because there's tons of men, both heterosexual and gay and bi and everybody who are seamsters for a living. That's what they do. And you know? to be fair, that's something that I never thought of until you said it right now. It's like, oh, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, yeah. So you're right. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, representation, I, that would be fun just for that reason, I think. Yeah, I think just to do that. like that's a, And it's a fun quarantine project to do when you're just like hanging out. 
Um, can, now, living as somebody with multiple disabilities right now, some of this stuff we're experiencing that we've dubbed in kind of the media as like the new normal of quarantine and like how we all have to get used to this and how we all have to get used to all these things. Many, many disabled people, myself included, have told me on the show, and I know because you listen to the show, they've said like, oh, this feels really familiar to me. Like, this is not really new, this whole self-isolating and social distancing and quarantining. Does it feel kind of familiar for you too? It is in, it is in a few ways. Um, I'm used to asking for help to get groceries and other things. Um, and being isolated, being at home, working at home, I already do that. I've been doing that for a long time. Yep. That's normal for me. Um, uh, and I've always been very intentional about when I leave the house, I plan everything ahead because I run out of energy at a certain point. Right. And then I just have to take a nap. And if I'm not home, I start falling asleep where I am. Okay. Because... Um, so it's not even just tiredness. It's like literal, I'm going to fall asleep. I have to be... Yeah, I start nodding off. And, and it's, of course, not safe if, if um, I'm just sitting on a bench or, or uh, on the bus or whatever and I miss my stop. Because I live in a rural area... And when COVID was not uh, plaguing us, then I was taking public transit some of the time. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, you know, I, I would use my, I always forget what they're called, but they're the crutches that, that use sit on your forearm. Oh yeah, you know? I know what they are. I, I know exactly what they are, but I have no idea what they're called. Uh, they're like, yeah, the, I always forget. The, I can't think of the name, like by something crutches yeah anybody who's listening who knows what those are or uses them tell me because yeah. i forget yeah i i know me i'm gonna have to google it after we talk because i'm like i know this but i don't know this it's funny because i've been using them for years but i use those um when i go out by myself i walk to the bus stop with those and then i get on the bus yeah um but I obviously um, I haven't done that in a long time. Like uh, the last time I took the bus was a little over three months ago. It sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and the last time I left the house was three months ago. Well, no, more than that now. Three, three and a half months now. Yeah, me too. Three and a half months, almost four. Yep. Yeah. And like, you know, like I, I, um, I've taken car rides, so, so that that's a bit of an escape. Taking a yeah. few car rides, but not getting out of the car, you know. Yeah, just being very, very like I, I went to my mom's house last week for like the first time in in like months and months. But I was like, I have to go to the house. I have to do something. Like my parents picked me up and drove me right to their house, and I stayed there for a couple hours, and then I went home. But that's that's like the only time that I was like, and I remember being in the car being like, ooh, the outside world, it feels weird to be out right now because I haven't left my house. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's like, it's all, it's sort of surreal too because most places are closed and, and I live in a tourist town. So um, usually it's super busy here. And you have to take a ferry to, to get here. So Oh, you're in that cool part of it of BC. Yeah, I live on the peninsula, the Sunshine Coast. Oh nice. Yeah, and and yeah, so it's a forty minute ferry from um from uh, uh West Vancouver, uh Horseshoe Bay. So yeah, it's it's really beautiful here. People have people who have tons of money buy cottages here for and they're like their summer homes and they come uh on mass usually starting in in uh, april and may and don't leave until uh the first sign of fall and that's probably all dried up right now which feels probably weird it is very strange yeah um some of the folks who who own cabins out here or and 
houses and whatnot. Um, they, I, you know, you don't see them until the summer. And uh, it turns out that some of them have decided to come here because of COVID. So they came early on and are living in their summer homes until this is over. And that's, I get it. But part of me is like, no, because what if you intentionally, like, what if you unintentionally bring COVID with you here? Yeah, yeah. And that's been a scare for the locals are, are all buzzing around about it because, yeah, it's like we don't know who's the tourist. We don't know uh, who, who owns a place here. We don't know anything. We just know that there are, there are people still coming here <laughs> who yeah. we don't recognize. And it's like, oh. Ah. Um, yeah. And the fear, you know, know the, the fear of they had the same thing in Ontario in cottage country. They've been asking people to like, please don't go to your cottages. Please don't go up there because the residents that live up there who are elderly will for sure contract something if you go up there. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Um, you know, there have been a few local cases at the beginning of all of this. One person I actually knew. Um, wow. Yeah. And, and, you know, he, he worked a labor job and was in contact with who knows who. And um, we have what they call the COVID-19 uh, uh, like medical task force out here. Yeah. And so it's like uh, respiratory therapist and um, there's four doctors. Well, and then there's one other, but like a specialist and basically they're on top of everything like to the point where we like um, they put out you know how um, the health ministers of each province are trying to put out information on a regular basis yeah yeah and so our health minister in BC is Dr. Bonnie Henry and she does the report like every day every other day i've heard she you know from what i've seen of her she's done a really good job yeah she has uh, she's managed to keep people pretty calm and confident about like knowing what's really going on around here um and i love that i love that about her um uh our our local task force uh, they put out a statement every other day well, no, I shouldn't say that. Not quite that often, but they try to put one out pretty regularly too. Yes. Um, and it's very clear and very encouraging, um, which I love that too. They're just like, yeah, everyone is doing a good job. You know, just keep it up. Keep up wearing your masks when you're out, you know, be encouraged. Don't, you know, don't, don't be afraid, you know, keep your social distancing and everything. And, Protect your loved ones. Uh, that's kind of become the favorite phrase to hear. Protect your loved ones. Like, yeah, absolutely. Ontario just feels like we're trying really hard, but we keep failing because our leaders are not doing what they're they supposed don't, to do. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I feel for you and for Ontario and for, you know, like, and the population is larger, which is also difficult. It, yeah, just, it's heavy stuff, like. Oh yeah, there's a lot of feelings around that. I wanna shift yeah. though, for a second, back to you a little bit. As somebody with a disability yeah. going through all this stuff and going through COVID and like having to, and as you said, having to go through all this kind of before and knowing how to social distance and knowing how to like manage your time and knowing how to, prep for your nap when you need it um does is there a comfort in knowing that the rest of the world kind of has to do this now too there is a little bit of yeah some sense of comfort for sure um and uh there's been a shift where lots of people who didn't consider accessibility being as simple as getting on a video chat are are accessing that like on a regular, almost daily basis now. Yep. So they understand better that just because I can't physically be there does not mean I can't be there. Yep. Like, I don't know how many times, and I'm, and I'm sure you've done this too, where I, I've, uh, and I don't really go out anymore 
like socially I don't go out very much unless I'm just spending time with my girlfriend or going on a I'm polyamorous so like going on a new date or whatever yeah um you know uh, uh um but yeah I you, I used to go out to events and I wanted to uh to to include people that I know that are at home and sometimes I wanted to go to things especially when I lived in Vancouver because there's a lot going on yeah um, but I couldn't physically be there and I would ask I'm like can you can you just like Skype me in can you Skype people in you know and they'd be like oh no it's so difficult and you'd be like is it though yeah, yeah and it's not it's so easy it's ridiculous yeah like you know, and I remember having conversations with my friends and being like, you know, like they're planning weddings and stuff. And I said, well, it's okay if somebody can't come, just Skype them in. And and they were kind of like totally automatically dismissive, like, no, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And now it's like, you know, now and, we're having whole ceremonies over Zoom. Yeah, exactly. Now the world is changing because of, of the pandemic. And there a lot of people are like realizing what it's like to be to be isolated, to be yeah. disabled, to um, navigate the world in, a, in an accessible way because we all need to do it now, not just you and me. <laughs> yeah. And I would say, and I've said this before, I would say that I'm happy with it, but I do think we need to confront our ableism in this time. And I think we need to see how, mm-hmm. how, how you know, stark we've been in the past about not accepting these things. And I understand why disabled people are mad or are angry about how, like, you didn't let me do this before, but now all of a sudden it's fine for you. And I, I get that, but I think we need to move forward into how do we, how can we work together now to make sure that this, these kind of accommodations stay? Yes, I want that so much. And I talk about that a lot with, with um, my housemates, my best friend and his husband live upstairs, they own this house. Oh, nice. And yeah, and it's nice to have secure housing. Yay! <laughs> right. I mean, because so many people right now with disabilities and that are that are living through the pandemic don't have secure housing. Yeah. Like, that's a great point to bring up. Like, we, yeah. I am also really lucky and stable to be in a situation where my home is my home. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, I um, I feel like I'm spoiled almost. <laughs> Um, for the past couple of years, because before that, housing was always really difficult. It was, it was, you know, a nightmare. Yeah, I don't know if you know about what it's like to live on the West Coast in places that aren't well maintained, but it's basically you live in little shoe boxes full of mold. Oh no! Yeah. Wow. So. I did that for my entire adult life, basically, minus like a year here and there where I was partnered. And so when you can share rent, you can get better place, you know? Yeah. yeah. But uh, I don't miss that. Don't miss that. No. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm sure right now, and I'm sure right now also as a non-binary person, kind of going through all this to have a safe place to be feels Mm -hmm. even more important for you right now. It, you know, you're right. It does. Um, I mean, it's odd because people go to the city to to uh, get away from their little town. And I went to the city um, because I thought there would be more exciting opportunities and that I could meet meet other queer people. And uh, I started. Uh, I started some medical transition stuff that I wanted to do. So, yeah. you know, like I started taking testosterone years ago, I think it's 12 years ago now. And because uh, I, you know, I wanted to make myself more masculine than, right. than feminine. Um, and the first three years, like first three years, I, I was trying to be really masculine. And then after that, I was like, but this isn't really me. So I stopped doing that. And I was just more true to myself and very much more non-binary yeah. now. Um, but I look like a bear. So <laughs> you do look like a bear. I got to say you do yeah. from one bear to another. 
you, yeah, right? You certainly do. Um, I had a question about the medical transition stuff. Are you still, yeah. on, are you still on the hormones now? I am, yeah. How has the, because, you know, with so many things being hoarded right now, given COVID, has COVID affected any, any of that right now? Any of your ability to get medication or hormones or stuff um, like that? I know it's affecting a lot of people in the city because there's more demand. Uh, For me, it's been okay. They've been like, okay, we're only filling one month at a time with with a lot of things. Yep. Um, And sometimes there's shortages of my testosterone in general. Um, But because it's such a a close-knit hometown kind of place where I live, when there's been shortages, uh, the pharmacists call all the other pharmacists. Oh, great. And they're like, okay, who, who has Delatestral right now? Do you have a vial? You, no, okay. You, and then they call the next person. Oh, do you have a vial? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> And then they'll send somebody to like go pick it up. And, and I've started two things that changed for me during the pandemic um, is I don't, I don't go out to get my own produce on the bus. Um, I, I've ordered, I order food online now. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And the other thing that changed is the, uh, I have people to deliver my medication. Oh, great. Good. Good. Yeah. So, so that's keeping me safe too. <laughs> yeah. That's actually really important because I mean, just going into medical Going into any medical place right now, I would feel super uncomfortable doing that. So I, yeah, I don't do it either, and I don't, I don't have any prescribed meds right now that I'm super happy to be aware of. But I, I have sent to my doctor over email like if I need something, I'm emailing you. We'll figure it out because I'm not going there. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and in yeah, there's lots of people, lots of doctors on call right now, and they're using their personal phones. Um, and filling prescriptions for people because uh, they don't want, especially in my area, uh, lots of, there's lots of seniors here. Some of them don't live in the senior home and they're safer for it. And then other folks do, but it's, this is a very senior populated place. People go here to retire. So there's a lot of risk for a lot of people. I wouldn't, Really, if I was a doctor, I wouldn't want my seniors coming out to me and like, it's just not safe. Because once a senior gets it, yep. then then as we've seen in like Quebec and parts of Ontario, it's once the elderly population gets coronavirus, it's over. Like it's over. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So there's a lot of, of people trying to be uh, careful and aware around here so that, you know, they don't lose their grandparents sort of deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, it's but other than that, like those are two main ones, and my sex life is totally different now. Oh, mine too. Haven't had sex in four months, and gotta yeah. say, I'm missing it in ways I can't explain. Uh, <laughs> but I also know, and I've talked to the sex workers that I work with, and I've said to them, like, listen, I want, I don't want to put you at risk. I don't want to get, I don't want to be at risk. Like, so for my yeah. safety, I put a, I put a urethral catheter in so that I don't have to worry about my attendant care workers helping me go pee or any of that stuff. I just, for the next couple months, I could just hang out because it's just not worth it. I'm horny all the time, but I also recognize like it's just not safe for two minutes of enjoyment versus like getting sick and dying. I think I'll, I'll be all right. Yeah, totally. And that is very important too. Like uh, my girlfriend, um wanted to see me a couple of times and I said no because at the time she wasn't driving she's back to driving again um but she wasn't driving and she would have had to have uh, taken a train and a bus and a train and a ferry it's too much it's too much like too so, much yeah too many people too much too much uh yes. possibility of, of, of bringing COVID to not only me and my housemates, but the whole community, anybody over here. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I didn't want to take that risk. Um, 
And I also didn't want her to take that risk because her uh, one of her other partners is immunocompromised. Yeah, so I mean, I think this is an important point to bring up for people in poly relationships. A lot of people that I have spoken to who are poly and in, in multiple relationships are often disabled or immunocompromised. So I yeah. think that we have to be hyper vigilant to not only our being disabled and going out, but also we don't want to give this to our partners who may also have have issues that could cause them to get sick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it, it's, the risk isn't worth it. I mean, I, I don't want my friend who is, who is my girlfriend, one of her other partners, to, to go through the situation of being in the hospital just because we decided to hang out together for yeah. a day or two. You know, like the, that idea mortifies me. It's terrifying. Uh, the idea that if you, if you make a mistake, I've, I have been really, really horny the last couple months to, like, really I really have but I've thought yeah. and I've I have I've had split moments of like well I could just you know it'll be all right I could invite somebody over I could pay for an hour I could whatever and then I was like no why would I do that for literally five minutes of enjoyment or like 10 minutes or like an hour of a good time and then that I'm gonna die after that why would I or they would get sick why would I do that yeah it's totally not worth it I mean <laughs> if I ended up in the hospital uh, it would be dangerous for me because I, I didn't bring this up before, but I also okay. it, was a, it was a question. It was a question down the line. So go ahead. Yes. Uh, like I have very se- severe sleep apnea. So um, for people who don't know what that's all about is uh, I stop breathing when I sleep. And so I have to be hooked up to a forced air breathing helper machine when I sleep. <laughs> I've heard it called that before, but I like that. A forced air breathing helper machine. Yeah. I mean, it's called, you know, it has, an, it has another name, but it's, you know, why, why use medical jargon when I can explain it that way? So, <laughs> <laughs> so basically, uh, yeah, it, it breathes for me for the most part when I'm sleeping. Uh, when I was tested, they were mortified at how severe my case was. Um, like it was off the charts bad. Yeah. Uh, and and so they're like, okay, no, you you absolutely need need a, a CPAP machine. You need to, to use this. This is going to save your life because you know they were worried because my heart rate was so high when I was sleeping. I stopped breathing forty one times out of out of a five hour wow. period. Yeah. Right. Oh, shit. Yeah. So they were wow. like, this is really bad. And that is a respiratory uh, disability. So yeah. for me, it's like if I end up in the hospital and this is a respiratory. Yeah. Um, Can you like break it down for us? I want people to understand the importance of staying home and why it's so necessary yeah. and why disabled people are asking people to stay home and like begging people to stay home. Can you like lay it out for us why it's important yeah. in your case? In my case in particular, uh, if I went to the hospital, they might not uh, have a machine for me. They might, they might let me use mine and they might not. I don't, I don't know the likelihood of them allowing me to bring in anything uh, that wouldn't need to be like bagged. Uh, and super in, sterilized. In, yeah, super sterilized, you know, like that is low. Um, so there's a chance I wouldn't have my breathing machine. And what happens when I don't have it is um, my, and it, even if they did have one for me, but I'm going to explain this anyway. Yeah. Um, so I stop breathing. My heart starts pumping harder, but it takes a few minutes for it to start pumping harder. So in that few minutes, I'm not having oxygen in my lungs properly right and i and uh my and my heart isn't compensating fast yeah so i'm getting no blood to my brain so you you could become brain dead in those yeah like well the reality is people do do die from this yeah exactly um and yeah and usually it is a heart attack 
um, usually because your your heart's been trying to compensate for your lungs not working properly for so yeah. many years that eventually it goes kaput. Yeah. Um, so, and, you know, heart disease runs in my family too. Like one of my uncles, he was jogging. He was 50 years old and, and, and he was jogging uh, and he saw his son. He jogged up to his son and he had a heart attack and died. Oh my God. You know, like 50 years old. And I, so, and I heard about that when I, I met my father when I was 25. And, and when I heard about that, I was like, okay, I am going to be careful about my heart health because I do not want that to happen to me. Yeah, no, of course not. So, so if you were to contract COVID, like you would definitely for sure have a respiratory problem and probably pass away then. Yeah, it's, there's a possibility of that. Yeah. And I'm yeah, only, I'm only making it super stark to, to kind of drive home to the listeners. Yes. This is why we're telling you and begging you from the disabled community to please, as much as you can, stay home, wash your fucking hands and don't go to parks and sit in parks. Yeah for hours and hours a day without a mask in close proximity to each other please god don't do it because people like jazz and i will die and it's (laughs) nobody wants that so please please no yeah please please don't be careless because just because the people that you know or people that you're hanging out with uh you don't think they have risks you don't you might not even know they have risks exactly Uh, for one thing and you can't control who they spend time with or if they work who they're in contact with you don't know what they're doing after they leave you yeah so we all have to be equally responsible if we're going to save each other's lives yeah yeah you know that's that's like that's the best way to put it that's the best way that it should be put um I'm going to just skip past two questions because you kind of answered them for me. So great. Uh, What piece of advice would you give to other disabled people right now, um, invisibly and invisibly and every kind of disabled? What advice would you give to the disabled community? If you could speak into the mic and and drop a soundbite of advice for disabled people going through COVID-19 right now, what would you tell them? I would say... uh... Do not be afraid to ask for help. Wow. I like how succinct that was. I like how like that, but that's great advice. I think it's, it's also really true. We have to be able to ask for help and we have to be able to be okay with that. And I think right now we need more help than we normally would a lot of us. So it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. To be okay with the fact that we need help that we that we need help that we may have never needed before and for that to be like okay and not feel bad and also if anybody makes you feel like watch and say that if anybody is a jerk about it if anyone's being an asshole about it don't put up with that (laughs) i love how serious you got as soon as you were like if anyone's an asshole i will beat them down for you (laughs) I, I'm a bit perfective when I know that people are being unjust. So, uh, you know, yeah, I'm just like, no, that if, if somebody's giving you a hard time about what you need to stay safe in this time, then, you know, just be like, okay, I'm done with you and move on. Yeah. Cause those people are not worth your time and energy. The pandemic is really highlighting who's who are our friends and who really give a shit about us particularly yes. the, the disabled community who really gives a shit about the disabled community and who doesn't really care. So I get it. I get it. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Um, and if you could flip that coin and you could say something of something of importance to say non-disabled people who maybe don't, who maybe, who maybe need to be reminded of, you know, to, of two things, how they can maybe get through, the pandemic who maybe never have experienced the need to conserve energy, the need to just stay home, the need to, you know, think about this stuff. What, what advice would you give to them? Well, uh, first thing is don't panic. <laughs> uh, because I've seen people panic and freak out and make stupid decisions. 
that's one of the things. Uh, another thing is you need to be open to all the ways in which people are disabled. And yes. stop acting like you will not become disabled because everyone does. Yep. We, our bodies slow down, break down, become disabled. Some of us are born that way. Some of us are, are like, you know, some of us are quiet. And finally hit the wall like I did. And, you know, and, and like I'm 37 now, but like I really hit a really bad wall when I was 30. Yeah. Uh, I went from working to not working like real quick. So, um, but yeah, the, the point, the point I'm trying to make is that you don't know when this is going to happen to you. You don't know how it's going to happen to you. And you need to be okay with the fact that people are going to be disabled, not just people, but you. Yeah. So the world needs to be more accessible. I think we need to, we, we as a society need to take a comfort in the fact, and I say that quite sincerely, being yeah. disabled is not bad. Being disabled is not no. horrible. Being disabled is, there are moments where I hate it, and there are moments where I fucking wish that it would not be the way it is. Believe me when I tell you, and I'm sure you feel the same. There are moments yeah. where it fucking sucks, and I really hate it. But that doesn't mean I'm not proud of it. That doesn't mean it isn't something that I am really. I'm to be to be blunt. I'm super lucky to be alive the way that I am. So I'll take yeah. it. Yeah. No, I feel that way too. Like my my mom was a size four when she had me. When she gave wow. birth to me, she was this wee tiny wee woman. And, you know, I had problems when I came out and it, it, health problems and I am lucky to be alive and I am lucky to be walking when I walk. And there are different things for everybody. Everybody's going to have disabilities and they're going to have things that they hate that they have to deal with at various times. So, yeah, absolutely. Don't be scared of us. Don't be scared of the fact that you're going to become disabled. Normalize this because it is normal. Yep. And also recognize that even though many of many non-disabled people haven't been there for us and for the community, we will probably mm -hmm. be there for you when you become disabled. So, oh, like, heck yeah. And I don't mean that to will. be like, we're going to be there for you and you were there for us. But like, I think it's my opportunity, not my responsibility, but my opportunity yeah. to be there to use my knowledge as a disabled person to guide somebody through the experience of disability not through the experience but like to to bring them into that world in a way that makes them feel safe and the yeah. pandemic has really shone a light on the fact that we have more and more people experiencing disability because of this and i think that's both sad because we realize how unprepared we are to, to become disabled but also mm -hmm. It's it's really important. Yeah, our 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 value to the general population has gone up because of our knowledge. Yeah. Oh, I and should... we wouldn't have it if we didn't have the disabilities. So <laughs> it should go up. Also, I hired Jazz and I to do motivational talks on your Zoom. Where that's <laughs> both of oh, us yeah. are at home looking for work. So we will charge you by the hour to teach you about disability. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Um, one last community that I didn't put in the questions, but I was just having as we were talking and I want to bring it up. If you yeah. were to give advice to, I know that a lot of non-binary people and a lot of trans people right now have had to, to be safe and to go into like safe housing, have had to consider yeah. detransitioning from their, mm. from the way they are. Well, what advice would you give to just non-binary and trans people right now going through the pandemic? If you're in a situation where, you need to choose between your um, presentation of your gender versus your housing and food. Uh, you can be you. You know what your gender is. You know who you are on the inside. And if you need to temporarily, as I say, tone it down a little, um, on the outside with 
what you adorn yourself with, your clothes, you know, uh, makeup, jewelry, that sort of thing. If that is really an impediment to you having a safe place to be, don't be afraid to tone it down a bit and don't lose heart because we, we're going to shine. We're going to shine. You know, we have our time to shine when this is over. It's like, okay, all out. You know, you want to wear that lipstick, wear that lipstick. You, you want to grow your hair down to your ass, grow your hair down to your ass. You want to wear jewelry and all of it. Go for it. You want to wear a dress. You want to be a hot a daddy bear. Do whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you be you. Maybe man. I was, maybe I was flirting right there. Maybe just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just, just a tad. <laughs> but yeah, you, you, we will be us. It doesn't matter what kind of BS the other people put us through. At the end of the day and all day and every day, you know your gender, you know who you are. And this too shall pass. Yep. Yep. And then we can just be all wild and crazy and wonderful and beautiful. It's coming trans people. sooner than I think we think it's coming. I think it'll be if we just hold on a little bit longer and don't yeah. go in parks with 10,000 people. <laughs> then maybe <we'll> <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Um, those are all the questions that I had for you. Was there anything else you wanted to share about your experience with uh, COVID-19 as a disabled person? Um, well, uh, one thing that, I didn't bring up, um, and I think you've said this before, is uh, being touch-starved, or somebody else talked about that. Yeah, I can't remember who, but yes, I'm sure that I brought it up, and I'm sure a number of my guests brought it up too. Yeah, that's something that I think a lot of people don't understand. And uh, they're now experiencing the psychological, emotional, physical effects of that. And I want to say, like, to everyone, don't be ashamed of the fact that you're depressed and or sad or, or angry or grieving the fact that you can't physically be with each other on a, you, you know, on a regular in a regular interaction, like we we don't hug each other anymore, really. Like most of us don't it's, uh, outside yeah. of our homes, and and and, and even that, you know, we're even. I'm wary of even that. Yeah, no, me too. And 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 you know, I think about I think about all the connections I have uh, because I have a partner who's polyamorous and has multiple partners, and they have partners too. Like we're all, we're all, uh, um, we're all human. We're all, we're, we all have a friend or friends. We all have family of some kind. And just acknowledge the fact that um, disabled folks, seniors, um, and, and um, people who say like have addictions and, and uh, difficult time finding housing and everything, those folks, you know us a, a lot a lot of us are are touch starved all all day every day yep and that affects people in a way that now you are now experiencing the effects of that and hopefully there'll be a lot more um empathy and respect for people in in that way um because right now they're giving housing to people who don't have housing. They've just made it happen. Yeah. And, you know, and to me, it's like, well, if you could have made that happen before. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you exactly. You like, should why have. You? Yeah. Yeah. You should have. I mean, shame on you, you know, for not. Uh, and I mean, to all the people who, when I bring up the fact that I work with sex workers and I bring up the fact that I, you know, pay for sex and that's how I I get my needs met who before yeah. were like, Oh my God, I can't believe you would do that. And now you're not. And now those of you who are, who 
maybe judge that decision are not being touched. I hope when after all this is over and I say to you, oh, I'm having a session with my hottest, most favorite sex worker, you don't even bat an eye this time because you yeah. know, you now understand how important it is. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, when, I, when I got really sick, uh, I, I was still suffering from some, some shame around, uh, around desire and sex and being horny and all of that stuff. Just, you know, Puritan crap that I was raised with. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so I've unlearned quite a bit of that, you know, and uh, I was dating a guy who was, was dabbling in some sex work and I was uncomfortable with it at the time. Now I'm just like, no, this is a thing that people need and want and desire and sex workers are people they are equal to you they are just as important and valuable as you are and there should be no shame around that at all yeah no i think it's something that i that the, and i've told my sex worker i said the minute this is over and the minute it's safe i'm booking you for like because i have hours that i've banked up and i paid it i paid a whole bunch before all this so i have a bunch of hours that i can use whenever i want so it's like yeah. the minute this is done I'm calling you or figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hear that. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think also this pandemic, like I'm a very slutty person. I don't know yeah. if you've gathered that from listening to uh-huh. my show, but I'm kind, of a, <laughs> I'm kind of a giant slut and I haven't really had the chance to explore that right now. And it's, yeah. it's to have to tamp that down and to, and I, I mean, I often have to do that anyway with my care workers and the way that my day-to-day is I have to be very professional and so those two or three hours twice a month with a sex worker is my chance to be the slut that I am inside so like I right. <laughs> so, yeah. so like the minute this is over <laughs> he knows who he is the sex will be happening for a very long time <laughs> right yes I, I have to make up for for it's gonna be uh, almost four months of 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 not having sex yeah it's and, rough yeah it's th- rough. there will there there will be lots of sex you bet yeah good it'll be wonderful amazing <laughs> jazz on that sexy note this has been another episode of quarantine and chill how can i loved chatting with you and i want to make sure that everybody can get a hold of you how can they follow you what you're doing as a seamster just or what you're doing in your day today or reach out to you with questions yeah okay well um, my Instagram is uh, jazzprasad83. Uh, oh, that's who you are. I didn't realize that was you. Hi. That's How me. are you? Hi. Yeah, that's me. So uh, J-A-Z-Z-P-R-A-S-A-D-8-3 is my Instagram. And it's public, so you can follow it and message me there if you like. Um, and that's probably the easiest way and i do post about what i do for work um and i have a page on facebook uh it's called jazz sewing and alterations if you want you can go check it out it's i post everything i sew on there so amazing i still think you should totally do like a disabled seamster youtube channel or something or do like an instagram live tv thing or something so and if you want help with that I am obsessed with like historical showing sewing YouTube stuff. So like, <laughs> I don't know how to do awesome. it, but I would, I would watch you for an hour. So shit. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah, no, I like that idea a lot. I, I thank am. You, thank you for that. <laughs> I, I, I give it to you and I say, do with it what you want. Um, right on. But this was great. I had so much fun chatting with you today, Jazz. Thank you so much for getting up early for me and coming on. Quarantine and chill. Uh, this is great. And we'll talk to you really soon. Great. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. Okay. Well, there you have it. There was episode 15 of Quarantine and Chill, where we got to sit down with my friend, Jazz Prasad, and talk about all those things. Thank you so much, Jazz, for coming on. If you are a disabled person with disabilities, invisible, physical, emotional, or otherwise, and you want to come on the show and talk to me about how... The, the COVID-19 pandemic has impacted your life as a disabled person. You can email me at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com using the subject line quarantine and chill. And I will definitely get back to you and definitely we will book you in for an episode because it looks like 
the quarantine's going to go on for a lot longer than we expected. So I would love to be a friendly voice to guide you through all that. So if you want to be a part of the show, be in touch. I love doing these episodes. I love talking with you. And it's really teaching me a lot about how different people are experiencing the pandemic. So thank you for being a part of this. And we'll be back next Friday with another Quarantine and Chill along with our regular Thursday episode. Thank you for listening to Disability After Dark. My name is Andrew Gerza. Stay comfy, cozy, and crippled. And we'll see you next time. Bye! Alright friends, this has been another edition of Disability After Dark. The podcast feed shining a bright light on all things disability. I'm of course your number one queer cripple and your disabled Dick Smith host, Andrew Gerza. If you like what you heard today and you want to follow my work and find out more about what I do, you can head over to www.andrewgerza.com or you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at It's Andrew Gerza. If you want to follow the podcast directly, you can head over to Twitter and punch in DisAftDarkPod and follow us there. If you want to contact the show with a show idea, a guest idea, a comment, or complaint, you can head over to your email and email us at disabilityafterdark at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening to this latest edition of Disability After Dark, and we'll be here to shine a bright light on more things really soon. Thanks, everybody. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations. Music was by Music by Space Robot Scientists. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music recordings, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright Notice 2020